Baruch Haba, everybody. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, welcome. Blessed is the arriver. Uh, I, I speak blessings on all of you listening. Uh, hope this is uh, ministering to you. We are back with another Genesis podcast. And as always, I am Scott. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us. All right, today we are going to be in Genesis, at least the plan is, for Genesis 4, 17 through 19. Okay, this is uh, this is one I've been anticipating for a while. Uh, again, uh, I've been working on these about a year or two ago, and I came up with something when I hit this spot that, that kind of jumped out to me and grabbed me, and I've been waiting to share it with you guys. But before we even get to that point, Brad, if you would be so kind as to uh, invite God in. I don't even want to say invite God in with prayer, uh, because as we've talked about before, God, you're always invited in, and prayer is just conversation. So hopefully it's one long continual prayer. It's not like when, when you stop the quote-unquote prayer, we stop talking to God. Now, hopefully, God's here through the whole thing and through all of our lives, but I don't know how else to call it. So, Brad, go ahead and, and, and pray and, and invite God in right now. Yahweh, as Scott just stated, this is a conversation, but we want the conversation to truly be about you and not about us. I want less of Scott and I and more of you because you are the one that this is all about and you are the one that knows everything. And you're the one that knows the things that we should talk about. You and your perfect plans, you understand that a topic discussed here could have far-reaching effect now and in the future. So we need help figuring out what those things are, the things of you, the things that you want us to share, and the things that you want us to know personally as we do these studies. God, we are truly amazed and truly in awe of you and your ability and your mercy and your splendor and your everything. I could go on and on and on. We are just in complete awe of Yahweh, of Yeshua, of the Spirit. We're just in complete awe. So please, let the conversation continue, but know that you are the honored guest, and we do truly, truly want this to be about you. We give you the glory that we can. We give you the love that we can. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yahweh, God, yes, yes, we give you what we can, but you glorify yourself. Do not lift us up, lift yourself up. Hallelujah, I agree. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much. Well, here we are. Now, how hopefully last podcast was good for everyone, but like I, I mentioned in the last time, I was kind of looking forward to this particular podcast and there was a reason for that is because when I came up on this, we're about to get into the lineage of Cayenne. 
or Cain, as he's better known in English. Um, and the thing that struck me, now I'm going to go back and read something that I mentioned in, in a much, much earlier podcast. And this is, now Brad, I know you've been made aware of this, but this is uh, a description of the names of the men in, in the line of Adam, in the lineage following Adam, the lineage of Jesus. So uh, the names from Adam to Noah are Adam, Seth, Enosh, now these are the English names, I should say that, the, the, the English pronunciations, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. And when you take the, the meanings of those names and put them in order, what you get is man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God, he who descends is dedicated. His death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. So we have within the very names a picture of the plan of redemption. Uh, so I don't know what you think about that, uh, Brad, but I just that that is cool in and of itself. This was one of those very early things that you pointed out to me that made me go, "What?" <laughs> and made me wanted to made me want to learn more and know more. This uh, this still fascinates me to this day, uh, and it just but it just gives more evidence. Uh, you know, we try to we try to preach it all the time, but this just gives more evidence of just how perfect Scripture is. So of course, it's got God's handwriting all over it. Right, and another instance of this kind of thing we can see is in the 12 sons of Israel. And I say sons, not tribes, because uh, Levi uh, did not become a tribe of Israel. They were the priesthood, and, and they were split up among all the other tribes of Israel. Joseph did not become one of the tribes of Israel, but his two sons did. So uh, the sons of Israel are not the 12 tribes of Israel. These are the sons in order they are Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And once again, these are the English pronunciations, not trying to get into the original Hebrew with these. But when you read the meanings of their names, it says in order, Behold a son, hear him and be joined, give him praise. Judge his strife and his fortune. Happy and blessed am I. He brings reward, dwelling with us. He shall add, for he is the son of my right hand. Again, we have a picture of redemption within the sons, the names of the sons of Israel. Now, we're going to get into the lineage of Cain. And the thought occurred to me, do we have a similar picture here in his lineage? Now, Brad, we've discussed this before, uh, haven't we? Or am I forgetting that? I have discussed what I'm about to share here uh, before. A lot of your 
a lot of your year ago, two year ago study notes uh, you shared with me. Okay, um, that's we what were, I thought. Right, right before, right before we started um, the podcast, we uh, we we were we were pretty much to this point um, in your study notes. Yes, and then we kind of stopped because you know, oh, we're going to do this podcast thing, and from here on out, kind of wanted it to be a surprise. But the cool thing for me is you blew my mind then, but you have gone back and done more study <laughs> uh, from just the stuff that we talked about a little over a year ago. Um, so there's been new and exciting. I thought, I honestly thought for your studies, I would sit here and go, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, I agree. I remember talking about that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, you, you, you bring me new stuff and you blow my mind continually. Well, cool. So hopefully we do that again here, but... Uh, but that's what I wanted to remember. Uh, I'm basically, like you just said, I'm, I'm about hitting the spot where we had kind of stopped in our personal studies and before we started doing the podcast. So for those listeners, I'm, I'm like one or two podcasts away from not having anything going into my studies, not, not working off of any old knowledge. I'm going to be working completely from scratch uh, pretty quickly here which is cool for me uh just uh the idea that i'm not rehashing anything that i've gone over before i'm i'm starting with new stuff and i'm i'm excited about that but let's get in right now genesis 4 17 and cayenne knew his wife and she conceived and bore kanok and he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Kanok. Now, first of all, let me just say that word Kanok. Uh, in English, it's Enoch. Uh, that's what we call it. Now, this is the same name as one of the, the names of the lineage of Adam. We have Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, and Enoch. So this is the same name. Cain calls his son's name Enoch. The Hebrew is Kanok. It looks, when you spell it, like it should be pronounced Chanuk, uh, but it's actually pronounced Kanok. Now, before I get into that name, there's one thing that jumped out at me here. Adam knew Hava. In English, we would say Adam knew Eve, his wife. Cain knew some woman. She's not named here. I find that important. It's, a, it's an important point to be made. She's not worth being named. Cain had a son. He has a wife. Uh, a son came through her, but her name is not given. And I believe that in and of itself has importance. We don't need to know her. We're not supposed to know her. She's not important to, to what you and I are supposed to glean uh, from, from this story. And so it doesn't name her intentionally. Uh, and I think that's a point that needs to be brought up. But now let's get into this word kanok. It's Strong's Concordance number 2585. And it means initiated. It comes from 2596... Kanak, which means 
to narrow, figuratively, it means to initiate uh, or discipline, which is where this comes from. Kanok means it, the initiated. But now, I find it fascinating here that Cayenne had a child and built a city. Two things he created. And he names them both Kanok, the initiated. Again, by the mouths of two witnesses is a thing established. I believe Cayenne is making an intentional statement here. Uh, he, he, is, he is proclaiming something to the world. Now, before I get into that more, let's get into the word picture here too. The word picture for Kanok. Kit, Noon, Vav, Kaf. Now, possible, I came up with a few possible interpretations for this. And I was a little biased by the fact that uh, it's, it's sort of, it's got good and bad here. We have, we have Enoch, Kanok, the, the man who chased God so much that God, he didn't die. God just took him. And we also have Kanok, the son of Cain, uh, on the opposite side of things. But in general, the word picture I came up with was a seed and an opening to the inner room. Now, would you agree with me, Brad, that this kind of the word picture here kind of follows the meaning of the, the, the name initiated? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like you're being brought into the inner room. Right. You know, you think of uh, you're being made someone, a part of this group, this special group. You're being brought into the inner circle. You're initiated. You're, you're introduced and, and made a part of the quote-unquote family. Now, another thing I came up with along the lines of, of Jesus, along, along the lines of, of the good side, for, uh, for lack of a better term, the heir to the throne opens the way to the inner room with the nail. So we do want to be initiated into, into God, into his family, into his kingdom. And Jesus, he made the way possible. The initiation through, he opens the way to the inner room uh, with his sacrifice on the cross, with the nail in his hand. It very much makes me think of the physical of the high priest and the holy of holies. And, you know, yes, it, the high priest is now saying, all are welcome, come in, be initiated. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, kind of what I'm seeing from that physical example. But I also get the idea with this word initiated, because of the perversions that have happened, is like a, a secret cult. Uh, the, the blood ritual, the, the hooded mysterious figures in the inner room, in the inner sanctum, bringing someone in and, and slicing open arms and, and mingling blood and drinking whatever and making vows, you know, of the such that, you know, anytime you break this oath, we will kill you, all that type of thing. Because you can also get out of this the offspring... And in this case, I'm thinking of Cain. The offspring binds and suppresses in the inner room. Yeah, and this, 
in this modern day and age, you think about those cults and those kind of things, but even on a less uh, evil scale, still kind of evil though, on our college campuses, you have the initiates trying to get in to the, uh, the you know, fraternities, the sororities. fraternities, the sororities, and the things that they make them do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they're getting, they're getting uh, to a point, I think it was like maybe uh, less than 10 years ago, there was a big call out about some students that had actually died trying to do their initiate trials and whatnot. Uh-huh. And yeah, it can, it very much makes you think of just bad things, bad deeds happening, uh, weird stuff. Uh, absolutely. That's, that's definitely an image that I can get from a modern person. No, definitely. Uh, so again, I, with that, I just kind of want to point out this word means initiated. It doesn't in essence from the word itself or from the meaning of the word mean good or bad. It's just initiated. It, It can be into whatever. And we see that with two different men right here in the old Testament. But specifically, we're in Cain's line. He names his son and he names a city. We just mentioned it. Two things he builds, to, so to speak. I mean, he, two things he creates, you know, very different ways, but they're still creations of Cain's. And he names them both the initiated. I think he's making a statement here that he is separated from God and he's beginning something new. This is this is an intentional statement by Cain. Adam and Eve were both separated from God due to sin. But they repented. They were sorry. They recognized the fact that they were the ones who had created the error. They wanted to stay with God. They they, this was a sorrowful thing and they wanted to reconnect. Cayenne, I believe, this is another, it kind of goes back to what I've mentioned in the last few podcasts, is I think Cayenne actively chose rebellion. I think Cayenne was supposed to be a picture of Jesus. He's following the way of Satan. He's become a prophetic picture of Lucifer, uh, a physical example of what Lucifer did. He's rejecting what God had for him, and he's choosing himself. And I think we're seeing that here. He's making the statement, I'm initiating into something completely new. Now, although ultimate redemption had to come from the second Adam, Adam and Eve chose to come back to God. They wanted to stay with God. Cain didn't. And while they lived, Adam and Eve still communed with God. They still had connection with him. It wasn't the same connection. It wasn't as intimate as it was in the garden, but it was still there. Cain is separated, and he's choosing a statement. He's choosing to make a statement that he wants to remain separated. He creates these two initiations. He is effectively, in my opinion, he's beginning the system on earth of false religion and indoctrination into a new way of thinking that does not include God. I think every false religion has its roots here. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree. So now let's move on. Genesis 4.18. And here we're going to get the lineage. Uh, Moving on. And unto Kanok was born 
uh, let me move down. I want to pronounce these correctly. And unto Kanok was born Erod. And Erod begat Mechuyael. And Mechuyael begat Methushael. And Methushael begat Lamech. I hope I pronounced all those correctly. But now, really quick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just give you the meanings of each of these names. And then we're going to go back and connect them all and see what, what's going on here. But now, the very first one, Erod. Now, I don't know why. In the King James, it's spelled the same. Uh, the Hebraic Roots Version puts an apostrophe right at the beginning of this name. So it's apostrophe, I-R-A-D. King James Version just says I-R-A-D. I don't know what that apostrophe means. I point it out that it's there. For those of you who do speak Hebrew, maybe you'll know, can provide answers. Or, or I, I don't know why the apostrophe is there. And if an apostrophe is in English, it indicates there's a missing letter. I don't know what an apostrophe means here. Is there something that is like silent? Is there something that should be included at the beginning of this that we're not seeing? Uh, or is it just meant to help with pronunciation? You know, is it, is it meant to signify that a certain sound should be louder? I, I honestly don't know. That's why I pointed out for anyone who's interested, you can check it out yourself. But uh, this word is Strong's Concordance, number 5897. And again, it's pronounced Erod, if, if I'm correct. Uh, now, it means fugitive. Now, the Strong's Concordance states that it's from the same as 6166-arod, uh, which means to sequester itself, also fugitive. Now, this name, Erod, is only used in the Bible right now at this spot. There's only one time that it's used, and it's here. Well, when I say one time it's used, it mentions the name a few times, but it's all, it's all right here in this lineage. Now, the word picture here, Ayin Yod Resh Dalet. One of the possible interpretations that I came up with is to experience with his own deeds being the first person through the tent door. All right. So here we have a fugitive in, in the name Irad. And then this word picture, to experience with his own deeds being the first person through the tent door. Now I'm just going to move on. I'm going to make these connections all at the end when I've named every name. Then the next one, Irad begat Mekuyael. Uh, it can also be pronounced Mekiyael, but they both mean smitten of God. And one of the fascinating things I found out about this is this name comes from two root words. One of them is 4229 Maka, which means to stroke or to rub, and by implication, to erase. So it's like you're, you're, you're rubbing out. It can also mean to blot out or destroy, as in to wipe away, wipe out. And it also comes from Strong's Concordance 410 Ale. 
And it's the last part of this one, the last part of this, uh, the name Mekuya Ale comes from Maka and Ale. And Ale, is an, as an adjective, it means mighty, especially almighty God. So this last word, Ale, is what we get in English. We think of it as El, El Shaddai. El means God. Uh, we've mentioned this before, Bethel. It's a town in Hebrew. My, uh, uh, the, my friend Paul, the writer of, or sorry, the, the artist of Spirit Man, went to a college called Bethel. And that comes from, it's a Hebrew word, Bayet El. Bayet means house. El means God. So when you see this, El, so Bethel means house of, house of God. Um, so when you see this L in any name, it can mean God. So this is where we get the combination to blot out, to wipe out, and then God, this is where the name Mekuyael all combined, combines to form smitten of God. Now the word picture here, Mem, Kit, Vav, Yod, Aleph, Lamed. Now there's two different spellings. Uh, the other spelling, Mekuyael or Mekiyael, basically the second one removes the Vav and adds Yod twice. So the second spelling would be Mem, Ket, Yod, Yod, Aleph, Lamed. So possible interpretations I came up with are, since Aleph and Lamed together mean God, one of the interpretations I came up with was chaos comes from separation with the hand and nail of God, in other words, the sacrifice of God. But if you combine, if you, if you do the other spelling, remove Vav and add Yod twice, you can get chaos comes from the separation from the hands of God. Again, this name, Mekuyael, is only mentioned here in Scripture. Okay, so that's interesting in and of itself. Any comments you want to make on any of that? Very interesting. Um, the only thing I'll say is, back when I was... Uh, first reading the Bible, a lot of times I'd come to a point like this, and I'd go, and he begot, and when's the next action sequence? There it is. I'll yes. Just, I'll just skip on. <laughs> this is uh, this is just my my plea to anyone who who does that. Take the time, you know, look into the names and and, and realize that these were real people and real things going on, mm-hmm. and there's a real story here more than just what uh, just, more than just what's going on with the action sequences. Um, so that's all I'll say. Just just a plea. Yes, and I've mentioned it before, but that's exactly one of the reasons I got back in to do these deep studies. You're right, Brad, is that I would see things like this, and I've mentioned it in other podcasts. You know, uh, you, you come to a point in the Bible, and it doesn't specify it at this point, but you'd come to a point in the Bible, and it would say something like, and the place, the town was named blah, 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 for obvious reasons what are you talking about i have no idea what you're talking about what do you mean for obvious reasons and so i wanted to find out what these names meant that's why i'm getting back here and and like you've seen before uh with the names 
of Adam through Noah with the names of the 12 sons of Israel. There is a story. There's a depth here that we don't see. Thank you, Brad, for pointing that out. Uh, But let's move on to the next one. And that is Metushael. Now, again, in this name, it ends with ale. So we've got God in the name. And this name, the name itself means man who is of God. And again, just like the last one, it actually comes from two different words. The first is 4962 math, and we would pronounce it the same way as you know the abbreviation for mathematics. It's, uh, it's math. And it means adult. And of course, the second part is 410 ale, as an adjective, means mighty, especially almighty God. So combining these, we get man who is of God. Man, you've lost me. Math never was my strong subject. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Now, the word picture here, mem, tav, vav, shin, aleph, lamed. Possible interpretation I came up with is a covenant with chaos destroying God with a nail. Now again, this name is only spoken of in the Bible at this time. So uh, in this lineage. Not exactly sure. I point that out for those of you uh, who are interested. Not exactly sure what truth I can glean from that entirely. I have some thoughts, but but I'm going to, I basically just want to point out that fact for those of you who are interested in going forward with that information. I'm not going to at this time. Now, Lemek. It's the last one in this lineage. It is Strong's Concordance, number 3929, and it literally just means mean. Uh, so, I mean, if you think about it, it doesn't expand upon it, but it's just mean, abusive, angry, violent, a mean person. It, you know, so this is, Lemek means mean. The, the word picture is Lamed, Mem, Kaf. And the possible interpretation I came up with was goad towards the opening of chaos. Now, this name is repeated later. It is also the son of Methuselah, who is the oldest man recorded in Scripture. Now, I put all of those together in kind of the same way, Adam through Noah. I was like, if that was a picture of Jesus, if that was a picture of the prophetic plan of redemption, what information could I get from Cain's lineage on the opposite side of things? And I was fascinated to see something here. I was expecting to see the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. I was expecting to see a plan of the evil one in much the same way we saw God's plan through Adam's line. So I, I, the reason I mention that is I may have tainted how I interpreted this by my preconceived notions. 
So as I read this and as I go over this, um, you feel free to, to go a different direction. Look into the name yourself and, and come up with other things. That is totally cool. So let, let me get into this here. I'm kind of, kind of reading my notes, kind of skimming back over, and I lost my place here. There we go. There, there may well be a picture in this lineage. Uh, and, and I wondered too, is, is there possibly going to be a picture of redemption for these people in it? I, I wasn't sure what I would see. Uh, but, but like I said, I did have kind of that, that thought going in that I bet this has to do with the enemy. From what I am seeing along those lines, I was pretty much right. Again, I might have been pre-biased going in and I want to be fair and mention that. So what I see in Cain's lineage, in the meaning of the names, is that Cain, due to his separation and rejection of Yahweh, what this leads to is Kanok, an initiation into an ungodly way of life, which leads to then Irad, experiencing the life of a fugitive on the run from God, which leads to Mekuyael, chaos and smiting that comes from the path you've chosen, which leads to Metushael, and I believe this is the Antichrist. This is Metushael, a man who is of God, and I interpreted this in the negative sense that, that this is a man mimicking God. This is a man coming as God. And in the name, in the word picture, uh, we see that too. Someone, a covenant with chaos, trying to destroy God with the nail. I saw this as the Antichrist. And, and, and I shouldn't say the Antichrist. I saw this as Antichrist. Anything that is against Christ is Antichrist. So we can look and say, is this a picture of the Antichrist we think of that's coming in the last days to raise himself up? Yeah, possibly, absolutely. But in general, I just saw this as anti antagonistic to Christ. Anything that is against uh, Yeshua, Jesus. But I saw that as Metushael, which, also, which then leads to Lamech, mean, ang acting angrily and abusively without love. It's a pattern. It's a cycle. Separation, rejection leads to an initiation into an ungodly way of life, which leads you to experiencing uh, the life of a fugitive. And as, as you are a fugitive, you experience the chaos and the smiting from God that comes from the path you've chosen, which leads to the Antichrist coming out and angrily and abusively and, and, and meanly lashing out at everything around him. Now, when this happens, the Antichrist 
then leads others and initiates others into this separated path, which starts the process new for those people. And it continues to grow and spread like an unruly weed. And now this makes me think of Revelation 2.19. And for those of you who don't know, just, just go read it. It is, it is one of the... Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll read it here. It's going to take me a second, so Brad, you'll probably have to edit this down. Uh, I'm going to read. Real quick while you're looking for that, I'll just mention that I, I, this just popped in my head, unrefined thoughts, but you said a man of God, and that's making me rethink what I, we, we think of that as a, as a good thing. He's a man of God. Which it can be. But I'm almost wondering if, if uh, we should say a man for God. He's a man for God. Yeah, that's true. Not of God. I'm kind of, it's just kind of changing my, my thoughts. And real quick, outside, po- or outside while we're doing these podcasts, for most of this podcast, I hope you've been able to hear me clearly and, and whatnot, but I've had a cat very, very much yes. in love with me right now. And <laughs> she just recently went and gave you some love. So uh, if you hear something on, on there, I'll do my best to edit out any of that. But uh, uh, mildly distracted because of, uh, of, cause of, of this cat clippy here. Okay. So Revelation 2.19, King James Version. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. So what we're seeing in this is a cycle. Works lead to charity. Charity leads to service. Service leads to faith. Faith leads to patience. Patience leads to works. So you're back to the beginning. And the last to be more than the first. God is explaining, Now I don't have time to get into this and why each word is, you know, leads to the next and so on and so forth. Maybe Brad will get into that in his revelation study uh, when he gets to this point. But what I'm trying to point out is we have a circle and the circle grows. Works lead to charity, lead to service, lead to faith, lead to patience, lead back to works and the last more than the first. So when you start the cycle over again, You're starting from a greater spot and everything is getting bigger and stronger and the circle continues and and, and grows the more you continue it. What we have is the same thing over here with Cain and his lineage. We lead this rebellion and path of a fugitive and, and being smitten by God and getting angrier and angrier and becoming this figure of Antichrist and leading others into deception like you Like we said, it's like a weed that grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes on and you gain more converts and you grow a movement that is opposed to God instead of just one person. Yeah. I've I've watched debates between atheists and creationists and the one thing that, that I eventually had to stop because the atheists seem to just get angry and mean and they lash out and creationists try to respond with love and patience Mm -hmm. and uh for me watching it uh it's just hard it's hard for me to sit there and listen to 
angry, vulgar things being said about a God that I love. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think what you're, well, I think that right there is exactly what we're seeing in these two circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, a creationist debates with love and, and trying to sh- spread that love An atheist debates with just anger. Yeah. Lashing out. Uh, I don't know. It might be a very, very small example, very simple example, but that's what I'm seeing when you're describing these two circles. No, that's very, very apt. But now, um, getting back to this real quick, now let me go in. Those were just the meanings of the names. Let me go through the word picture story of this lineage. And if you connect them all, what we see is rebellion brought the one into bondage and suppression in a dark secret chamber. The one who entered through that door did so by his own deeds, separating himself from the sacrifice of God. He then lives in chaos. He embraces that chaos and joins together with it to attempt to bring down God himself and then entices others to join him in chaos. Again, we're seeing the picture of Satan's plan. We're seeing, we see God's plan of redemption on one side, and we're seeing Satan's strategy on the other. Yeah. And if you take that and just look at the world around you, you can see that, you can see the physical example of that happening. So now, that that's why I wanted to get to this spot because I saw a very clear picture of Satan's strategy listed in Cain's lineage. And it ends with Genesis 4.19. Now we're no longer in the lineage, so to speak. We're still in the lineage, but it, it's going to end with a double here. Lamech took unto him two wives. So we don't have a lineage anymore. We're not talking about his sons, but it stops and it wants to point out Lamech's two wives and it names them. Hasn't named any of the wives before this, but it names his two wives. The name of one was Adah and the name of the other was Tzilah. So again, it names them. They're important. They have, have, there's a reason why we got that. So what is it? Now, first first of all, this is the first mention in the Bible of someone taking two wives. And it's the person who prophetically completes the cycle of evil that we just mentioned, listed in Genesis 4.18. I don't think that's a coincidence. Where this is Lamech, who, who, like I said, in that, that cycle finishes up, and this is the mean one. This, this is the one who's basically fully embraced the rejection, the bitterness, the, the, the fugitive uh, life, the, the, the Antichrist spirit, and has, has just fully embraced that. And in a way, by taking two wives, he's kind of slapping God in the face and saying, ah, no your system of one man, one woman, I'm in rejection of that too. Like, true, true. He's, he's t- essentially saying, I take what I want. Mm-hmm. 
And that, with the names of his wives, that stands out. Adah is Strong's Concordance 5711, and it means ornament. And it comes from 5710, which is a root word meaning to adorn. It can also mean to advance, as in to pass on or continue, or it can also mean to remove or take away. Now, this is interesting to me. Adah's name is said eight times in Scripture, but right here, in connection with Lamech, it is three times. Now, Adah is also the name of a wife of Esau. Later in the Bible, that's mentioned five times. But right now, Adah is mentioned three times in connection specifically with Lamech. Now, the word picture, ayin, dalet, he. The possible interpretation that I came up with is look and see the path you want. To me, this is an invitation of lust. This is, this is look at what it is that you want and just focus on that. In other words, get your eyes off of God. Focus on what it is that you desire and chase that. Now, tzilah, in the King James Version, it's, it's spelled, it, it looks like it should be pronounced zilla with a Z because it's spelled with a Z. In the Hebrew, it starts, it's in the romanization of it, it's spelled T-Z-I-L-A-H. But it's Strong's Concordance, number 6741, and it is the feminine version of 6738 sail, which means shade. Now, this is either literal or figurative. It means to dwell in darkness. It can also mean defense. It again, now it's, it's only used here in the Bible, but again, it's used three times. Now, three is a perfect number. When it's used three times, I look for why. Twice, each of these names is used three times. And I think it's referring to a completeness. The person who has, again, hit this stage, this cycle uh, that we've just mentioned and gotten to this place is just perfectly consumed by his own selfishness and anger. He's just he's someone who's completely given in. To, to evil, completely given in to selfishness. And I think that's what it's in reference to. Now, the word picture here, sade, lamed, he, again, to me, this is another picture of lust, but where ada is more of an enticement, look and see the path you want. This one is more pushing you in. Because uh, what I got is that uh, goading towards desire, see. You know, it's like look, reveal. Uh, sade means desire. Lamed is to goad towards, to prod forwards. Uh, so, so this is more like pushing you on. Go ahead, take it. You can have it. Go ahead. It's yours. It's that goading, it's that prodding, enticing you uh, to move forward and grab it. 
Now, prophetically, I see this makes sense. Someone who's reached this level of depravity is seeking to adorn himself with physical pleasures, and he's living in darkness. He's living in the shadows. He does not want to come into the light. He does not want the truth to reveal what's going on. And the Hebraic word pictures of both indicate just completely given in to lustful desires. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, I clearly see that picture here. So that's really what I got today is the lineage of Cain is a picture to us of how each step takes you to the next place and how it ends up leading to just someone uh, depraved and out only for himself. Everything is about what makes me feel good, what, what's, what makes me look better, and just hiding in the defense of shadows. Uh, don't bring anything to light. I am a liar. I am a deceiver. I am out for myself, and I don't want that revealed. Which is interesting that that seems to be the modern-day spirit at least here in the United States of America. Yeah, that's true. You see that a lot. Uh, people want to go down their own path, but uh, they still want to keep the nasty parts hidden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been thinking about that for a long time, and I don't mean to get off of Genesis here, but yeah, in the world today, uh, and it's in the entire world, not just the United States, but we're seeing uh, it... it trying to explode in the United States of America. Uh, and Brad and I were just talking about this earlier. As the Bible says, in the last days, there will be a, a hatred for truth. Mm -hmm. And then we see that happening uh, use, all over. They're hiding. They want to live in darkness. I personally use the United States as an example for a couple of reasons. One, I live here. Uh, yeah. Pretty plain and simple. But it's two, easier to talk about what you know. But two... I, at least I am able to see it. I'm assuming most people can. I know a lot of the pastors and preachers and uh, people who uh, look at prophecy and whatnot, the, the people that I follow, they're all kind of showing the same thing. This country w was very much established on Christian Judeo prim principles. We were to be, we were, we were to be uh, the new Jerusalem. We were to be, we were to be uh, of God. But if you look at our history, especially as of late, it feels like it's just been amplifying in the last last uh, several decades. Uh, but uh, we are we are going the other way very, very, very quickly. Definitely. And if it wasn't tragic, it would almost be fascinating, <laughs> you know, in, in mm -hmm. one sense, uh, seeing, you know, what happens when when that happened and, so, and 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 this is the same stuff that was written in the bible i mean israel did this over and over and over again yep uh they would be very very much for god uh and then they would get comfortable and lax and they would want to be like the nations around them and they would want the things that the nations around them had and and uh they would get distracted and and then they'd find themselves in some sort of trouble and mm -hmm. god 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 where are you <laughs> you know it's the same thing it's happening and it just it just amazes me that more people can't see it uh but uh but yeah here you have you have perfect examples 
in, in scripture of what is currently happening modern day. So uh, I don't know what to tell you what to do with that. Just know that that's, that, that is happening. And, uh, you know. But I hope also this today's podcast helps you to see uh, a little more clearly how it is a spiritual battle. Absolutely. It is very definitely uh, spiritual warfare that's going on on all sides in every nation. And it is the desire of the enemy and his plan to turn everything to chaos, to turn everything to anger, to hatred, to meanness, uh, to make it all selfish. I, I believe the enemy doesn't just want to kill us. He wants to humiliate us and cause us as much pain as possible along the way. And that's what he's trying to do in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to throw into that before we wrap it up? Nope. Well, I say no, and then I say something. I do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I just, just the plea that I had earlier. Read your scripture. Look into it. We're not doing anything, you know, that you can't do. <laughs> Just look into it, and uh, if you do get something, if some truth, if some hidden pearl or nugget stands out to you, I would love to know about it. Uh, I, I know Scott would, too. So, as always, feel free to comment or send us an email or, or whatever you would like. All right, then uh, I guess this is a good time to wrap it up. As always, I am Scott. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us.